Today's guest is Avril Altshire, who, along with her husband Willie and their two sons, William and Morris, farm a herd of 100 crossbred pigs in Carabeg in County Cork. This all started when they were looking for some land in the countryside and bought three acres with a house and running water. Uh, we were married, had one child, and um, I suggested getting one or two pigs, and from that, Carabeg free range pork started. Willie loves pigs. Now, they have been farming the land since 1997, and the farm has grown from 15 acres of marginal land to a 58-acre enterprise containing forestry, agroforestry, free-range pigs, and an on-site processing plant, as well as an agri-tourism business. And all of the produce is processed on-site and sold directly to customers under the Carberg free-range pork or the Ross Carberry recipes label. So we're going to hear their story today and get some insight into how this family navigates such a diverse business and also hear of Avril's great passion of forest bathing. Yeah, you heard that right, forest bathing. And no, your imagination might run wild, but it does not involve running around the forest naked, showering yourselves and falling leaves. Julian, I do not have the figure to strip. <laughs> And I'm beyond the age where it could even be possibly deemed attractive. It is quite far from that. And we will hear more. But interestingly, 50 acres of this 58-acre farm is under forestry. And this is a mix of Sitka spruce and broadleaf woodland, along with eucalyptus groves planted around the farm. And the family are in the process of implementing an 8-acre agroforestry system where the pigs will graze in the natural meadow and vegetation amongst the trees. Carabeg free range pork is meat from our own herd of outdoor pigs mm. and they continue to remain outdoors all year round. Snow okay. doesn't bother them at all. And at Carabeg there is certainly always something going on because they have over 50 different products from sausages to black pudding, steaks, burgers and a whole lot more. And of course you can imagine there have been trials, errors and collaborations over the years and this has ranged everything from biltong to pâtés even whiskey-infused burgers. And we think you'll agree after listening to this conversation that this distinctive and diverse family farm is one to watch out for. So let's get stuck into our chat with Avril Altshire and first find out why is this type of diversity important for farmers today to survive and thrive? Putting all your eggs in one basket, Willie and I know, doesn't work. You, you, you can be, you, Clever should have told, told us all that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, the two lads were focused on going more into food service. Mm-hmm. Over now, the tap shut. There was mm-hmm. no food service. Mm-hmm. Labour food was vitally important at that stage. Mm-hmm. You know, that it was, it came into its own. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing. Secondly, diversification. Just because you're a farmer now in a certain line of work, what happens if you get sick, if something happens to your animals? Mm-hmm. Mm. We have anything else to fall back on. Mm. Farmers are used to working. They're not used to sitting on their rear ends. No, Farmers don't, sure. don't like collecting dole because they like to work. They like to, you know, see the sweat of their brow, if mm. that's the word. Um, and, and I suppose the third thing is, through diversification, people know us from different aspects. You know, mm. we are... People, people know us in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, they might know, they, they probably be, would be aware of a lot of other farmers, 
but mm. we're definitely the odd ones. Um, mm. And and I think that that diversification that 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 we have moved effectively. We're in food. We're in farming. We've moved into food production, secondary food production, into um, farm tours, which is tourism, and into forest bathing, which is a wellness. And they yeah. are all connected, and they all evolve from one to another. Avril told us she is a member and a mentor with Network Ireland West Cork. This is a nationwide organisation with local groups that support the professional and personal development of women in business. One of Avril's mentoring specialities is family business. And we think you can agree blending family dynamics and business life together can be both a tricky one to navigate, but on the other hand, can also be very rewarding. So to get an idea of how all this works for the Allshire family, we asked her more about her family. Who are they all? What roles do they play in the business? And at the end of the day, how do they all keep sane? I, I actually, on I think you're probably a celebrity <laughs> because you're so... We're doing most of the deliveries. Like everyone gets to meet you because you're always out and about. You're meeting with all the chefs. You're meeting with all the shop owners. Everybody knows Avril Allshire. But Willie is 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 a enigmatic tell us a little bit about Willie <laughs> my husband's my husband worked in um with his dad in the family printing business printing and stationery business in Carrigaline and they did office furniture as well and when I met Willie he would be in a suit and tie in the South Mall selling or delivering printing he's got a, an incredible eye for detail mm-hmm He's got a very good money brain, which was one of the reasons that I was really attracted to him because I don't. <laughs> and um, he has great eye for color and structure. And mm. um, but one of the things that we discovered was that social scenes are not his scene. He enjoys a drink. He enjoys food. I mean, food and drink is what brought us together, not necessarily in that order, but um, <laughs> that that and and wanted to get out into the countryside. And uh, Willie would go off, of, um, he's got a motorbike and he'd go off on the motorbike and, you know, just go out for a cup of coffee. And mm. um, I did pick him up in the, in the local pub in Cork City, yes. And um, uh, and he was having a drink on his own. I mean, Willie would not be somebody who would need, um, a gr- to, need to ha- gather a group of friends to go out for a drink. Mm. Um, he'd just go out on his own and do his own thing. Mm. And uh, and that's and that's him and and that's the balance for me. But yeah. he's also incredibly um, knowledgeable when it comes to mechanical work and stuff like that. And I know what a hammer is, and I know what a crowbar is, and I can use a sledgehammer. <laughs> but you ask the three the three most violent tools in the toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> so, Avril, you like smashing things to pieces as opposed to fixing them. Well. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Well, that's good. What I, what I had heard, all right, was that Willie was a bit of an an, an inventor. Yes, I've heard. Uh, is he an inventor? Is that true? No, like his inner uh, engines and around the farm, and like he he's able to like kind of make things work really, really well. And yeah, okay. If you want to talk about trees and about 
um, engines or, you know, stuff like that talk to Willie. Um, mm. And he loves pigs. And he would go and talk to the pigs. Um, his connection with animals is way mm. stronger than mine. Way stronger. Mm. Um, I can do the talking. He does the, he does the work. Absolutely. <laughs> so it seems like Willie is the perfect match for Avril. We asked her, what did she do in a former life to being a farmer? What happened was I'm the eldest of six girls from a farming background, but no pigs okay. at all. It was cattle, it was sheep, um, dry stock. And I was always sick when I was growing up. So it was easier to keep me in the house than to let me loose on the farm. Because mm-hmm. I'd fall over myself or I'd do something stupid like that. And when I did my leaving cert, I wanted to go to college, but we didn't have that money. And I went to Cork and I went around the secretarial colleges on my own and decided I wanted to do an intensive, short, 12-week course. And I went to a place called Sight and Sound. And I was just about finished the course when I got a job in a shipping company. I had oh. been working in pennies in the luxury department, and I'm talking oh. about in Holy mackerel, when I think of it. Um, or bikini um, sales in 79. Was it a big year for... Yeah, <laughs> put it this way. Um, back in the day, the 8th of December was a big deal. Okay. okay. Yeah, that was the farmer's day out. Exactly. And yeah. I never knew there were so many women who had the same measurements as me for night dresses and every other type of lingerie that Penny sold at the time. Right. It was an education. You know, so. what size night dress would you like, sir? Well, she's about the size of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That's, that's hilarious. I went from shipping to um, stockbroker, funeral home. I worked in three pharmaceutical plants. I worked in building construction. I worked in a marketing company. I worked actually for the guy who was the founder of the great outdoors chain of shops. Okay. Um, so I worked in a lot of different areas. And uh, and then I guess I was, I was very worried with arthritis. And um, I met Willie around the same time. And uh, that was it. I mean, I actually had to give up work because yeah. of my arthritis. So these days, Avril is driving the van around Cork, delivering all the produce and being, well, I think Jack hit it on the head when he said somewhat of a local Cork celebrity. Now, their kids, William and Morris, are obviously an important part of the wheel and the Catterbeg machine. So she told us how their work ethic has been influenced by them and how it was for them growing up around the farm. But it's also an amazing upbringing. So your two kids are involved now, right? They're, yeah, they're now 26 and 24. That hurts to say that, by the way. Um, they're not kids anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> they... Um, they did the leave inserts and I kept getting, I was getting very anxious with William and William kept saying, mum, there's more than one way to go to college. And there's always a few back doors and uh, not realising that the day he finished, the day after he fin- did finish his exams, he went out with his dad doing deliveries. And okay. sure, by the time September came, he'd made, he'd made a, a, a place for himself in the business and that was the end of that. Brilliant. Um, so he's great with people, is he? Yes. Yeah. He's really taken over on liaising with, um, retailers, chefs, whatever. Okay. And 
they both have, they both have good personal skills. But Morris then he started himself, and Willie and William did a course on charcuterie, and okay. Morris got really interested in um, making biltong. At the time, the two lads were racing quads, and William was also involved in CrossFit, and Morris was getting involved. So from going out racing a quad with uh, a large box of sweets and a slab of coke, and they had become extremely health conscious. You know, if the machine isn't right, if your belly isn't right, you're not going to perform on the day. And the two lads are very competitive. So Morris started researching making biltong, and this is in his leaving search term. He went off uh, with his father to Birmingham and came back, and that was it. He started researching. He was sorted out the equipment, uh, got a consultant from the UK who spent, you know, time here. And at the end of it, I said, okay, we're going to have biltong because it's made with dried, it's dried beef, basically. We're going to have it ready for Christmas. And he went, Mum, I don't like any of the recipes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, okay. Um, following uh, the following year, uh, I said we because we generally entered the Irish Food Awards, Blossom Heron. I said we will have yeah. something ready, and he said okay. So, um, he um, he had we. I actually delivered for the first round of judging the biltong in a plain plastic bag. Wow! Wow! But <laughs> I had imagined, and I'm delighted you told us that story because I had imagined that that was something maybe he had found from traveling because biltong is something I associate with South Africa. Um, I know certainly when um, we were in the pub and we, and we had biltong behind the bar, it like the South Africans were going absolutely bonkers for it. But Irish people were like, well, it's not bacon fries or potatoes. <laughs> um, definitely something different and a really interesting and unusual taste. And I'm really glad he brought it to market. Yeah. Well, he actually brought it to market then reviewed the situation and reviewed how much time it was taking to promote it. And it was because the lads were at this stage um, uh, diversifying into new products with beef. Um, uh, they, he, ha he had to make a decision on how much more energy it was going to require. So they actually took it off the market. Okay. And uh, but it was their choice to take it off the market. Morris still is the youngest person ever to win an award at Glasnevin. Cool. He's got two silver, which isn't bad going. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? It's kind of a brave move to kind of you know come up with something, this new product, you know, test it out, see how it goes, and then remove it when the time is right. Like so, fair play. I take my hat off to him. Like we 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 made a we made a pork patty, but it was a sliced patty. And we took it off the market back in 2008, having won Top World in Belgium. With lots of trials and errors and a hectic farm and business life, Avril finds space and peace in the forest. Retreating to the woods, she told us, was something she did as a child. Uh, when I was growing up, um, we had a five-acre wood, and I had a devil of a temper. Mm -hmm. I am talking about somebody who, if if um if things didn't go my way, and I can remember doing this, I mm. would put my head down and hit the wall. Mm. I just go hell for leather, and I remember my dad taking me on my own down the lane, across the road, up, and we mightn't. 
we'd go into the wood and we might never speak. Mm. But I do remember leaving the wood calmer. Mm. Mm. You know, he'd leave mm. me, he'd be left wandering, doing something, and he'd leave me sitting there wandering around. It was five acres surrounded by a ditch you couldn't get lost. And mm. um, I remember walking back down with him, not really saying anything, but definitely calmer. And I knew the influence of trees on, on us. Yeah. That calming influence of trees has been a huge part about Willie and Avril's lives and they took the decision to plant mainly native trees on site between 1995 and 2018. Today, over 50 acres of this farm is woodland and it was motivated by this sense of wellness and that knowing the trees would benefit our future generations. Surprisingly, the environmental benefits weren't an initial priority, as Avril explains, but this has since become a huge positive aspect to their lives and the farm. In, in 2000, in 1994, when we bought the place, sequestration, it, it just wasn't in the, in our, in our vocabulary, yeah. you know, carbon, mm. carbon neutral, none of that was there. Willie and I just wanted to plant trees and, and that's it. And know that they would be there long after we we're gone. Today, 50 acres of this farm is woodland, and as you enter the forest, there are mostly trees of native species planted by Avril and Willie between 1995 and 2018. An important part of their business is a wellness experience known as forest bathing. Now, you may have heard of this word. It actually comes from the Japanese word Shinrin Yuku, and it is a mindfulness practice in nature that originated here in Japan. The name refers to bathing yourself in the forest atmosphere through all of your senses. So Avril tells us about this contemplative and relaxing connection with nature. Forest bathing is a method. It's a method of opening your senses to the benefits you'll gain from being amongst trees. So you mm. start with your sight. We move to your hearing, taste, touch, sensation. Mm. Mm. And you start by um, looking at the big picture. And by the end of it, the whole thing is that your heartbeat is probably going to go down. It's mm. a two-hour experience where you're allowed to look at nature with, through, with the same eyes you looked at nature when you were a child, in mm. sheer awe and wonder. Just think of it. Mm. A child will take a leaf and look at the leaf and put it in a puddle and just look at it floating on the water. Mm. When was the last time you did that? Yeah. No, it is about taking time out. As Avril, I've actually been lucky enough to do the forest bathing experience with you. Definitely, like, I'm always in a hurry. Like, I'm always the last minute. And I remember, like, coming into your place, there was, like, dust coming off my tires, right? I arrive in. <laughs> I'm like, am I here on time? Am I late? I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> like, everything's wrong with me, right? <laughs> four, four coffees and then, later. <laughs> and then Avril, like, you, like, took me by the hand and you're like, smell the eucalyptus. But it was a beautiful slowing down. And then you gave us the opportunity to go off and wander in the woods and... I remember lying down and looking up at the sky through the leaves and you're right, like taking that time out is very, very rare and it definitely centres you and grounds you and yeah, just kind of sends you off into a beautiful place. So thank you. I thought it was a beautiful experience and thank you for reminding me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And the fact that you can do it once you have the method Yeah. and you're always rushing. Um, I, I actually, one of the things I recommend to people is when they had, are doing forest bathing with me at the end of it they just remember or actually go back to the place 
that they really felt really happy and calm in and do a mm. mental picture. Don't pull out your phone and take photographs. And that picture is when you're at the desk and things are really like the techie stuff, driving you nuts. Just close your eyes and just imagine that space just for a minute. You don't have to do anything and it will slow down your heart rate. And it also allows you to get up and, and maybe focus again on where the problem is. We all need to take time out. COVID mm. forced people to stop. The problem is, I would be concerned that people are now back in on the same treadmill yeah. and they're trying to catch up for everything that they've missed in the last two or three years. And yeah. it's, it's hectic. It's mad. It's manic. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. The Allshires are part of the West Cork Farm Tours and Avril is now a qualified forest bathing guide and she offers this wellness experience by appointment on the farm. So do check it out. Your mind will thank you for it. Stuck into the business. I think for people who might not know the extent of what you do, how many products do you have? Holy God. You, you can't answer that question, can you? No. No. There's a lot anyway. There's a lot. There would be. Well, if you're talking steaks alone, strip loin, ribeye, rump, fillet. And then there's the black and white pudding and there's the gluten-free black and white pudding. And this list and went on as Avril named out almost 50 products from burgers to steaks to sausages, puddings, rashers, loins, as well as a few speciality products they make for customers. And a lot of these are for sale through food service, but also through the Cork Neighbour Food Markets and their local Londis shop in Ross Carberry. We are sure you're going to recognise them, especially the black pudding, which they are famous for. And being small and having the connection with customers is important for this family business. And Avril explained that chefs are even able to pick up the phone and chat to a member of the family. And this is very important for them. Now, they've also done some interesting collaborations with other small producers in the area, such as whiskey infused burgers with West Cork distillers. That's an interesting one. We asked her why it was important for small producers like them to work together. When you're, when you're a small business, you cannot isolate from other producers. If you think you're going to, um, you're going to become a wild and wonderful success without meeting other small producers, without connecting with other people, um, it doesn't really work. And if you think you're going to become, and and if and the other thing is. That as a small producer, if I'm asked to help other people as a small a person in business, because I'm a member of Network Ireland West Cork as well, which is a, an, an organization for women in business, and I'm a mentor with them. Part of what I suggest is that sometimes you have to think outside the box and sometimes talking to somebody who's not necessarily in your exact line of business mm. can give you a suggestion or an idea when you're very small you, you, you're only as good as your last delivery and the last product that you delivered hmm. Lots of that's very true that's, that's very true it's a, it's a big it's a big thing um, what about the value the perceived value of food that people have these days 
there are people who believe that food is fuel mm. and they're not really interested in the quality mm. and there is and there is there has been this slogan you know cheap food cheap food cheap food mm. and there are people who believe that the cheaper the food the better it is mm. and that's not going to change mm. There are other people who appreciate that there is work involved in food production mm. and knowing us, they know they have an idea of the work that's involved and they appreciate that we're, we're, we're focused on quality. Mm -hmm. um, and if something runs out, it runs out. Or if William and Morris look at something and say, that quality is not good enough and we're not selling it, they know we won't sell it. So mm. imagination and the free range pork and the animal welfare and yeah. the mixed farming that you are doing, farming, tourism, <laughs> business, this is really the model that sets you apart and hopefully makes your business sustainable and foolproof. Is that what you're saying? True. And the fact that I suppose we're, which I never thought we'd be into second generation, which yeah. is always challenging. I mean, from a business point of view. It was hard enough for Willie and me because neither of us are shy retiring violets. Mm. Um, and, you know, we would go at it, at it hammer and tongs, depending on our viewpoint uh, on particular issues. But now it's William and Morris are taking over and it's giving them the, 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 giving them, giving them the confidence that they can try things but, and that we're at their back mm. and we have confidence in them. And seeing how they, how they um, develop. I mean, I used to feel guilty um, that William and Morris had responsibilities. Mm. Uh, like I remember William Stebbs um, was on a Wednesday night and we were making pudding on Thursday morning and he needed to be at work at half four. Oh, at o'clock. And the dip <laughs> was in Cork City, 40 miles oh, away. God. There oh, was no, no going to... Playing quasar and bowling. Yeah. And he was home. And Willie couldn't figure out, you know, why wasn't he home at midnight? Because Willie didn't get a dubs. And I'm like, well, so a few weeks later, one of Willie's best, William's best friends turned up. And I said, did you have a good dubs? Great time. I said, when did you get home? Saturday. <laughs> Willie's face was spectacular. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, William had, William was knew that he was needed in the business and he cut short the crack to be back and two years later Morris did exactly the same thing so mm. I used to feel guilty that I was very that we were hired on them expecting them to step up and take responsibility yeah. but looking at them now I'm like yeah I think we did an okay job yeah Someone said to me before, do, do you work with Carabeg? And I was like, yeah, we do. I've ordered from them for years when we were making food and we do loads of work with them with neighbor food. I, I know them very mm -hmm. well. And they said, um, geez, it's a good thing those two lads are in the gym so much because they are running around like mad. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to build an army. Avril, you have to what's, build an army. What's your hope for the future of Carabeg and Ross Carberry recipes? I was asked in... At one of the at the national school that I speak to on junior enterprise, I was asked what was the most important decision we ever made, and that was something I was never asked before or since. And I had to think about it, and I said, 
the most important decision we ever made was when we were on our way back from France with our first gold medal and I was daydreaming about becoming a lady who lunched. Yeah. Um, and I s explained my grandiose notions to Willie and Willie said, no, we're going to stay small and focus on quality. Mm. And that was the most important decision we ever made. And I'm looking at William and Morris and they are focused on quality from the time or we collect most of our meat. In fact, we collect 99.99% of our meat, you know, that they will check the quality at the back door. Yeah. And if it's not good enough, it's rejected to mm. production, to deliveries, you know, where we deliver, we know the kitchens and that's where we eat, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Mm. Um, and it's that interdependence and the, our connection with people in our community in Ross Carberry and further afield is really important. Mm -hmm. So that's it from this installment of the Neighbour Food Podcast. We are your hosts, Jolene Cronin and Jack Crotty, and you have been listening to Avril Allshire, who is the lady behind Ross Carberry recipes and Caherbeg free range pork, as well as West Cork farm tours and a forest bathing experience. These guys have it all going on. Check them out at rosscarberryrecipes.ie. They're on all the usual social medias and we hope that you can support them. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you soon. <laughs>